Welcome then to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Madeleine Siege. And I am Eris Falmouth, but I'm going to try and get a couple things fixed in the background and then we'll start. Yeah. Well, then, then I'll be there, but until then, the lovely Maddie will take over. <laughs> yeah. So today's episode, the name of today's episode is Exorcism. Extraction. Extraction. That's right. <laughs> Similar to exorcism. Similar to exorcism, but the picture actually, Eris choose for that episode had to do or is actually showing um, something that we would call an exorcism. So there is a, a priest, um, his name is San Francis Borgia. He was a Spanish Jesuit priest. Um, priest. In, priest? Mm -hmm. Sorry, not priest. <laughs> in, in around uh, 18, no, 1510. And he on on that picture you can see that he is you know there's a patient he is dying and around that patient is like weird faces of of kind of demonish entities whatever and today's episode has to do with the the idea that yeah maybe we have these kind of entities around us everywhere even in our smart homes maybe spe specifically and especially yeah. in our smart homes <laughs> <laughs> and also the question you know, when when do they kind of not attack us, but you know, when will when is that a problem, mm -hmm. and how can we prevent that? We would also for ourselves need an exorcism, and mm -hmm. for that, I actually had a question for you. For me, yes. Well, but first, um, I answer before. But first, yeah, first, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a bit sunburned. Um, before I answer any questions, I wanted to uh, say that. Madeline has been doing a lot with the Shamanic uh, Foundation Europe. Um, for how long now? Um, I think my first class was in 2019. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. four years now. Yeah. And uh, why have you been doing that? And what? Uh, explain to the audience listening um, what it is, because I think that it's important to clear that a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today is directly related to the experience that Madeline has. Um, accumulated mm -hmm. now through the shamanic foundation, the studies, um, and, um, you know, what she learned in a lot of the workshops, for example, mm -hmm. about extraction, about demonic possession, about negative energies, mm -hmm. about keeping yourself clean and perhaps, um, safe and sound. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's the same thing with regular health in the sense yeah. that if you live a healthy lifestyle and yeah. you're aware of the lifestyle that you're living, then it's much harder for you to fall victim to becoming sick. Uh, yeah. you know, because you're kind of already taking measures, you know, you're, yeah. you're breathing properly, you're drinking a lot of water, you're, you're staying away from lots of crappy sugars and processed foods and all that stuff. And, um, you know, However you guys see health, I think the point that I'm really getting at is that prevention goes a long way, right? Yeah, yeah. And and um, I think that uh, where the hospital starts is where, you know, we kind of begin to neglect ourselves mm. because with prevention, I think that, you know, I know a lot of people who've never needed to go to the hospital. I've been in Europe for 13 years now and I've never really been well, I mean, I broke my shoulder and stuff and honestly, broke, breaking my shoulder and my foot, I realized thereafter that it was much better not going. Ever, mm. right? because they they were so disorganized they just wanted everybody wanted their pound of flesh 
Um, and I found that, uh, you know, learning to understand the body and listen to it in not just a physical way, but also, you know, what may also be an esoteric way, mm. um, it goes a long way. And so I've, I've personally learned a lot. Um, I don't even know what today's show is going to be about, <laughs> about, so I'm excited to see what Madeline has for us today. So why don't you take it from there? Yeah, Explain sure. to us before you ask any other questions uh, <laughs> what, uh, what you learned at the Shamanic Foundation and uh, what kind of uh, a baseline does it give you to be able to talk about this? Okay, yeah, sure. We can start with that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I, I mentioned a couple times already in our shows that I was in a situation in my life where I felt really sad and lost and you know even thought about... Being dead seemed to be the better option for me than being alive because yes, I had... Than being stressed, right? Than being stressed and also just constantly feeling overwhelmed, unhappy, having no sense and no purpose and really just no happiness. I don't mm. know how I lost it on the way. I guess that was a, you know, there are different factors to it. But yeah. I remember I was just sitting on my meditation pillow staring at the wall and just thought like, you know, there is no reason for me to be here anymore. And if I would end everything, I wouldn't just not be able, or I would just not need to feel that pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's sadness. Okay. But I thought to myself, you know, where does that come from? What can I do um, in order to bring it back? Because I deeply knew this is not how life's supposed to be like, yeah. you know. It's not, it's, it's, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be happy. Maybe not all the time, but the general <laughs> baseline. You felt that something be. was wrong. Absolutely wrong. Right. And I tried a lot of different things. I went to psychiatrists and, you know, like coaching and all mm. that help from university back then when I wrote my PhD thesis. And it was not helping. It was just a little, you know, a little relief, but not really finding the the sorcery of the <laughs> the problem. Yeah. And so the source of the problem, the, not the sorcery. I mean the sorcery sounds funny, but yeah. uh, you sometimes say that. I thought it's I don't thing. know about that. Ah, okay. <laughs> I may have it done I may have done it in a different context. Anyway, so yeah, and I I was just not sure what and where does it all come from. And I knew that I found um uh, flyer. Actually, what from, I tend to do, sorry to cu cut you off yes. there, is I tend to <laughs> find things that I don't like and I ask what kind of a sorcery is this Yeah, thing? that's what I but mean. That's, but that's a, that's, a com that's a comic uh, ah, way of saying it. You know, know that. Anyway, but source and sorcery, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that's the same so, There we go. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. I, I found a flyer from a, I think I was a chakra, you know, the from the yoga, the chakra healing. Yeah. So I went to that person and he looked at me and said, well, your heart chakra is closed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well then. <laughs> but deep down, I knew that he was right. That something, although it sounded really weird for me, you know, I was I I was raised very logically, and also during my PhD time and my studies, everything was about logic. There was not so much about emotions, not so much about spiritual. Approaches. I think it's actually not just that it wasn't about logic. It was it was encouraged. It, it was the norm yeah. that everybody is stressed and and just shut off from everything. Right? You know, you were not. I was not feeling myself anymore. I was really completely cut myself off. My head was one one thing, and the rest was not there anymore. And so I, I went out of that of that room with this person. You know, was reading my chakra energy and. I thought maybe he's right, you know, like I really felt there was nothing there. My 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 whole area where my heart's supposed to be <laughs> or the physical heart where there was nothing. I felt just like a deep hole. Mm -hmm. And the same day I I was at a, at a train station and there was a book 
like a magazine store, like a kiosk, right? Yeah. And there was a book about shamanism. And I my my I just you know, my I just looked at it and I thought like, hmm, I don't know. I, I bought it and I started reading it. So it was an intuitive impulse. Absolutely like that. Yeah. And was not thinking about it. Just I just bought it and I started reading and it was about a um shaman from the Eskimo in in uh mm-hmm. Alaska. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he was talking about how the connection to nature really, you know, keeps him grounded, keeps him happy. But it starts with little things, touching stones and just feeling connecting, connected to everything that is. And I yeah. felt such a deep desire to be able one day to say the same thing, that I feel connected to everything that is. And it just gave me a little hope <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that, you know, everything is not lost yet. And I started, I started looking for sources, for classes. I went to Japan at the same year. Where I was, I think I already told the story for people who, you know, mm-hmm. watching our podcast longer and our video cast, that I was able to be part of um, a shamanic, not a ritual, but like a shamanic um, ceremony, so different yep. ceremonies of yep. the Ainu. And the Ainu is an indigenous tribe from Hokkaido in the north of Japan. Yeah. And there I really opened up to to this possibility that there is more, you know, that life is not only like a hamster wheel (laughs) where you try to achieve things. And I don't know, I felt very, very much at home at this place in Japan. It was a beautiful nature place with with forests and clear water, pure air. And then we we had the shamanic um, rituals that they were performing that had a lot to do with, you know, connecting to nature spirits and all that. And all of a sudden, I felt like a very old wisdom came back to me and really kind of, I don't know, it really mm-hmm. did, it, it got something rolling in me. And when I came back to Germany, I started attending all these classes, different people in Germany. There are a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, like people offering uh, shamanic workshops. And eventually I ended up with the Shamanic Foundation Europe, and which originally stems from the shamanic foundation in America that has been yeah. founded by Michael Harner, who was an um, American anthropologist and who created the core shamanism. Do you know when this was? When he created it? Yeah. Uh, not so sure. 1940s? No, I, no, I really don't not know. not that long ago. No, not long ago, no. right? So I don't know. I don't think Ni- so. 19... I'm going to look into that. No, 1940. That's, you're right. He's, he's no. <laughs> no, no. I was, I'm bad with, with numbers. So... Yeah, and I, I visit all these classes and one class, one workshop that actually recently joined was mm-hmm. about extraction. And the word extraction, actually, you might have heard it from a chemical approach. An extraction is that you you extract something that you want to separate. You mm-hmm. want to separate like a liquid or, you know, like a, yep. a crystallized something. Yeah, for example. And you put in like a solution, a, a soluble in order to mm-hmm. get things, you know, yeah. divided. Well, I mean, and then you, you think of it uh, uh, like um, like an oil extract, like an etheric oil extract, for example. You remove, yeah. you remove the oils by means of alcohol, for example, by yeah. letting the flower soak in alcohol. Yeah. And um, what ends up happening is that the stuff that will dissolve into the oil will dissolve into the oil. Yeah. So that's a form of, that's a, a way that you yeah. can extract that, yeah, for example. So at the end, it's just really taking stuff out you don't, you know, you want to have separated. And the workshop was really eye-opening for me because it explained on a very simple level mm-hmm. that, you know, there are entities out there that are energies out there who are able to kind of cling to us, you know, mm-hmm. who are, who can who can 
go into into our our energy system yeah. and, and stay there. <laughs> and it's like it's a little freaky, you know. And for that to understand you, it's I think it's important to explain how the shamanic worldview is about different yeah. worlds. So we have the the middle world where we are here right now. And that the middle world has an ordinary and a non-ordinary aspect to it. The mm -hmm. ordinary aspect is, you know, we are here right now. You know, you can see and we can touch each other. This is the ordinary realm where we where everything is physical. Yeah. And then you have a non-ordinary thing around you, which is things you can't see, you can't smell, you can't touch energies that are around us that we are not aware of. They are also around here and they're also in the middle world. They're living here with mm -hmm. us, you know, like natural spirits in, in forests and all that. And then you have the upper and the lower world, which only have a non-ordinary aspect to them, which you can achieve if you do a shamanic journey, for mm -hmm. example. And since we are living in that middle world, sharing it with other entities that we can't see, sometimes, as I said, as I said, it can happen that they kind of cling to you. You know, they they want to feel also the, that physical reincarnation because they aren't. They're mm -hmm. just energy, but they kind of want to want to you know just want to hang on yeah. <laughs> somewhere and so the idea is, but is, is, is so you're are you saying parasitical in nature or that i'm, I'm coming to that okay. uh, point so the thing is that they can only cling if there is room you know to hang on to right somewhere. If, if you are uh, as a person well, i mean by like why do they want to cling do you think there, there are different there are different reasons for that one is you know just to just to yeah take energy from you for example you know just like they feed off your life mm -hmm. energy and so they they with so you. it's not like they want to experience our realm it's more that they want to feed off of us i think there might also be that part of experiencing mm -hmm. maybe and also there's another option but i think they they're not really they're not really going into your system, but you know, if you have someone who died recently or who died and he still he still got stuck in that area, right. he might still be around you and you can you can somehow feel the presence without yeah. him really being attached to you, but just because you know you can feel Yeah, well there's something. that uh, idea of ghosts and uh, yeah. poltergeists and uh, lingering spirits and so on and so yeah. forth in the sense that it's not so much that they're trying to drain energy from you, it's that they yeah. haven't realized that yeah. they've passed yeah. and they're trying to still experience life. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they don't know that you know oh. they're <laughs> they gone over the river, <laughs> yeah. and so they 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 think they're still there to try to interact with you, but it's not working like that. But you might you might you know see these interaction as ir irregularities in your mm -hmm. everyday life. So that can also be, but it's not really um, something that you would extract because they're not in your energy system. Yeah. But how it works with the extraction, or how I learned it, is that you. As a you know, as a human, you have a you have your body and you have a, a spirit to it, so like a, your energy. Mm -hmm. in it. And if you are born as a child, you're actually kind of really complete. You know, you're whole, you're pure, you're grounded. Nothing can really happen to you. But then through life, maybe things happen to you that are very traumatic, like you had an accident, or you know, like um, you almost died from something, or just mm -hmm. very dramatic. And then parts of your um, soul, part, parts of your spirit. They go somewhere else because it's too painful to okay. to experience that every time. Okay. So, and if these parts are gone, then something is missing in your energy system. You're not whole anymore. Mm -hmm. And these holes can be filled by other entities. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. So, um, and this is something that happens to everyone. Yeah. You know, it's not. It, it sounds so weird, but it's basically just 
I think for us, uh, opportunity to actually look at our energy system and think, you know, what is it that is in me that actually doesn't really belong to me? Yeah. And what is it missing instead? So what we learned in that extraction class was to really identify these energies that are not, they don't belong to us and then get rid of them <laughs> mm -hmm. by the help, for example, of plants, plant energy, plant medicine. Um, and then you fill these holes with with um, with healthy energy, mm -hmm. good energies. Usually, what you always do or what sometimes do in the same role is that you bring back that piece that is missing. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the way that I learned it, because yes. uh, I like I said, I never uh, studied at a shamanic foundation. And for those of you watching right now, the video cast, uh, I've put up Michael Harner's uh, wiki page. So he was born in 1930. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I knew that his books were published in the 80s because yeah, I, I heard him mm. live talking mm. in the 90s to Art Bell on the radio. Um, and he died actually not too long ago. He only died in 2018. Yes. Yeah. And so I remember uh, a lot of, uh, hearing about him live um, when he was actually very active. Um, mm -hmm. The Foundation for Shamanic Studies, I'm not sure. The wiki page doesn't do a good job of uh, actually saying when and where and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But uh, I, I'm under the impression that that was more 90s when that started as a movement. It, it, it could be, yeah. Uh, or as, as, as a legal foundation. Yeah, um, yeah. But throughout the 80s, he was uh, he was writing. And his uh, mm -hmm. big book, the it says right here, The Way of the Shaman. Yes, yeah. um, and from what I understand is that uh, he spent a lot of time yeah. in um, South Middle America. Yeah. But he's kind of gone all over the place to try and gather um, as an anthropologist. Yeah, yeah. What, is, what kind of is the fundamental... Um, um, I, I would say underlying yeah. aspect yeah. of shamanism within the, all the, the tribes. The core of it, right? Yeah, because so a big thing that shamanism. a lot of people, like when I've heard him talk, like I could say mm. this because I've heard I've, I've heard him yeah. live, You're is lucky. that um, <laughs> it's not so much that he was trying to put everything together in a package. Actually, I find that what he did instead was that he realized that all the cultures all over the planet had information that was the same. And yes. and so the really for him in the beginning, what was very fascinating about this was why is it the same? Why yeah. is it that when he's in Australia or mm. or um in, in, in um northern Europe mm -hmm. or in Russia or in uh South Central um, um Americas that the underlying principles of all of the spiritual, and we will all even go as far as saying paganistic mm -hmm. uh, earth religions, mm -hmm. it's it's Vedic studies, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. I mean, the underlying principles are always so very similar when Absolutely, it comes yeah. to connecting to the universe. Yeah. Right? And so that was to me, for him as an anthropologist, that's what I kind of, yeah. I, I realized it was happening in his career is that he started seeing there was a similarity. And by traveling the world, the more he saw that it wasn't just similar. Mm. They're all, every culture has its own technique uh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or even its own flavor to connect to Absolutely. reality. And for me, as somebody who has been um, involved and uh, very interested in um, Norse mythology and, and Odinism and Norse religion and so on and so mm. forth, Germanic religions, I've, I've always found that because so much of the religion had been destroyed, um, a lot of people like Alsatru and uh, other societies, uh, pagan societies, they actually end up borrowing today mm. a lot of the actual spiritual um, elements that make up now what we call maybe a neo-pagan uh, or a neo-Nordic mm -hmm. um, or a mm -hmm. neo-Odinism. Um, um, 
it, it, it's it's borrowed from Celtic, from Vedic, from uh, you know shamanic practices yeah, yeah. and uh, natural religions all over the world. Because when you go back into you know uh, Iron Age, even Bronze Age, you know you start to really see there was something very fundamental about the way that the people. Yeah. Uh, related to the soil and related to the environment and to the universe and the world and and what they deemed mm. to be a sacrifice, what they deemed to be a clean soul, yeah, a yeah. pure spirit. Yeah. Um, this kind of stuff is something that you find in almost every culture. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I had the same when I started studying, you know, this, these kind of topics, the similarities from, mm -hmm. from the different approaches I had yeah. were stunning because it was always about everything has an energy to it everything has a spirit to it. Everything mm -hmm. is connected. And if you are not really, you know, like if your body and soul is not in balance, then you open up or you, you are, there is the possibility for other energies to come in. Mm -hmm. And it's not about good or bad. It's not about evil. That was also something that they said our, uh, in our workshop. It's not about, sure, you know, yeah. like bad entities well, and, yeah, and if, demons if, and all that. It was more like, energies that don't belong there it's yeah. out of balance well i'll say if you stub your toe and it gets infected it's yeah. not that the rock you stubbed it on is evil yeah. and, and it put a hex on you right <laughs> it's that yeah. you didn't do due diligence in keeping yeah. yourself clean and maybe yeah. uh, avoiding these these things that would uh, harm you yeah. now before we go any further i want to say that um because of the fact that you learned a lot of the stuff directly from harner um i had been well, more interested from him well but, from know, his society and foundations from him um for me, I like I mentioned, you know, I, I, a lot of the information that I pulled came elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and what I learned and the way that I learned it is that it's not so much like you meant very similar to what you said that when you're born, you're a, uh, you're a child and mm -hmm. um, you have the idea of being whole and losing things along the way. But I, I learned it more as kind of like it goes out of phase. It's not necessarily mm. that it's lost. No, it's not it's, lost. It's, or it's, it's not the fact that it's been disconnected. It's yeah. more that it's just out of phase. And yeah, yeah. the more you phase yourself into the material world only, yeah, yeah. The more you lose the ability mm. to sense, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. what's what's just shortly thereafter Absolutely. or, or yeah. a little bit beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's that simple um, trinity. You know, you even mm -hmm. get this in the in the Christianity, mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. That idea. Mm -hmm. The way I kind of learned it is that you have mind, body, and soul. And I learned this actually in some of the kung fu studies that I've done. When you have mind, body, and soul, it's like um, like kind of like Technicolor. You know, like mm -hmm. that old logo. Um, you have three circles, one on top of the other, mm -hmm, would mm -hmm. be whole. And as one circle gets mm -hmm. pulled out of yeah, the other, yeah, you can see that they all have their own color. They all have their own place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I've heard stories of uh, people who have um, done exorcisms and so on and so mm -hmm. forth as to how they really can feel that the soul of the child that they're performing an exorcism on is Literally, like if you were to think of uh, mm -hmm. of your soul being the same size, and, and, like your shadow, the size mm -hmm. of your body, mm -hmm. uh, and and being right on top of you, she was saying the person that I was listening to many years ago that it's as if the the, the soul itself was, yeah, up and away, and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and only the foot of the soul, yeah. was actually slightly touching the head of the yeah. body, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and her job was to try and figure out how to realign the phases mm -hmm. to bring that mm -hmm. soul mm -hmm. so that it's actually, and so the story that I ended up hearing, I think this was actually even an old episode of uh, of uh, Coast to Coast Art Bellway back when, and then I looked into it because I, I found that so fascinating, 
that uh, I loved the idea of ghost stories. And that stuff, right? That's how I grew up around the fires. It freaked me out. Yeah, well, I, I, I went towards it. You know, some people, yeah. they, they run away. I, I've always ran towards danger mm. uh, to a degree on that level because I found that, uh, you know, when you become more and more familiar with it, you're able to try and, you know, mm. my goal was to try and remove the danger from mm -hmm. it. Um, but eventually what she said that she was doing is she was working with a kid where the parents had deemed the child to be um, autistic, almost mm. partly retarded. Mm -hmm. And um, what she was saying is that the kid wasn't um, mentally ill. Mm. He was just completely out of sync with, mm -hmm. with, its, uh, yep. with its soul. And supposedly this lady, I got to find her name, has, has a history of being able to do this to certain types of children. Yep. Um, and realigning them and all of a sudden they're like normal kids after, you know, no longer yeah, special yeah. help and no longer special needs and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Now we actually come to the point. There was one question I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> when, hang on, what was the question? Also, have you ever been in a dangerous situation? And I know you've been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe pick one. And how, how did you came there? Like, how did it happen? Well, I, I, are we talking about physical danger or are you talking about spiritual danger? Uh, maybe first physical danger. Or like... Yeah, I don't I've been know. in a what lot of physical danger. That, I mean, sometimes it's my own stupidity, about, uh, right? About spiritual danger. Okay, spiritual danger. Let's say, for example, um, I had a we had like a, a ghost follow us when I was younger. Oh uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I've said this story in the past. Yeah, um, it's true, where remember. my band was practicing loud, um, you know, thrashy punk music in the in the nineties, and the neighbor died next door, pounding on the walls, and had mm -hmm. a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And then for the next lo like long time after that, you mm -hmm. know, doors slamming, shit flying off of mm -hmm. the the shelf, uh, just just random typical mm -hmm. haunting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, the way that we dealt with it was to not feed it anything mm -hmm. because it was clear that it was, it was there was a negative energy associated mm -hmm. to it. The, the old man himself was kind of a prick. And and so whatever he took with him into the afterworld was definitely what he, you know, was was definitely the more angry side of him mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. he couldn't mm -hmm. tame in life. And um, so we gave him a girl's name and made fun of him the entire time and, and tried to, I mean, we were young and stupid. I mean, through mm -hmm. the, uh, it wasn't necessarily the ridicule of the ghost, but it was more the fact that we found the haunting funny. Mm. And by doing so, I think that we we really were we able to, power to it, yeah, yeah we took the mm. power away. We were able to put up big walls. Mm -hmm. We prevented. Uh, I, I presume you know, looking at it retroactively now in hindsight, uh, that uh, we were able to prevent negative stuff from coming in, even though we were very negative children. I mean, with, yeah. back in the '90s, we didn't care much about anything, and um, you know, a, a fun night for us was like smashing something. Mm. Uh, so it just it was a different it was a different mm. time, right? <laughs> Well, it's just yeah. it's how it was back then. Yeah. And um, so for me, I would definitely say that in a situation like that, um, not being afraid and instead mm -hmm. actually looking for uh, an uplifting laugh mm -hmm. in, uh, in order to look at whatever demon it is that's trying to overtake me uh, or a ghost or whatever mm -hmm. and just not give it the fuel it needs to make a fire. Right. Mm -hmm. And just let it burn itself out. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's what happened with time. It eventually just burnt out. Um, but yeah. it took like a good, I would say in some cases, more of a year. And it was funny because you can yeah. see that there were five of us in the band. Well, technically, core was four. And um, 
you could see how the ghost would follow each one of us to different places, sometimes mm -hmm. at school. And it was more intense when all of us were in an area together, somewhere even way far away from home. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the ghost was local to uh, the well, house that can, it was haunting. They're not. Yeah, no, it was definitely to. it was definitely attaching itself to us, mm -hmm. right? And and through my life and and making you know uh, making myself more free, I was able to rid myself of it. But I could definitely see that how it was able to attach itself to the weaker link constantly. So I never really had issues with it following me home, mm. but a couple of my other friends did. And mm. I can definitely see the two people in the band that it it chose to follow home. I think there's good reason for that. They're the, definitely the 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 more spiritually unstable and and people who uh, to this day are still very afraid, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. That's actually something, you know, I kind of wanted to point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would I just want to say, you know, if you are when you're in a dangerous situation like I sometimes had, you know, crossing the street without really looking yeah. like right and left and then something happens to you and why does it happen because you are not aware enough right and i think this is the the key element to you know the whole topic about extractions and mm -hmm. how does that how does that work with with um, these kind of entities when you're not aware enough when you're not in your body when you're not grounded yeah when you have Leakage is all over. <laughs> and I would say back then... Le leakages. No, you said that. Your energy system is leaking, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I, I know. It's a good word. I just, it's a, it's a funny way of looking at it. <laughs> sure. Um, then it's it's much easier for these kind of energies, foreign energies to, to, to fill in, in these, these uh, holes. And then you can feel it by, mm -hmm. you know, you feel like, oh, I'm not really myself. Things are constantly go wrong. There's a lot of anger and so, so you're saying sadness that, um, and stuff. Um Lethargia is it could it could could definitely it be, could be a yes. symptom of having negative baggage that you've yeah, collected it, absolutely. It from could, another world somewhere. Yeah, it could be something that is not really, you know, doesn't really belong there. From mm -hmm. what we learned from that extraction workshop was, you know, we were asking ourselves, okay, you know, how do you feel? Do you have any illnesses, for example? Have any... Physical illnesses. Physical yeah, illnesses. Okay. Do you feel like... I felt so tired most of the time um, before I went yeah. to the extraction class. And there was another girl, she said, you know, I sometimes feel like a heaviness on my shoulders if, if something was, you know, pulling me down. Like, and you can really physically, if you, you tap into the physical uh, body, you can feel these things sometimes, you know, or having a headache constantly, something like yep. that. Every once in a while, I think it's normal, but if it's uh, chronically, that could very well be that you have something there that doesn't belong. <laughs> right. Or feeling sad all the time. And I think back then, I was full of entities that didn't belong there. I would, I would say because I was so out of. Well, I would, I would argue that the people around you were full of them, and probably they were probably just jumping from one to the other. <laughs> as you were mentioning, they were leaking onto you. And I was, I was um, attracted to these places because uh, I was so out of my energy mm -hmm. system myself. I think you know, if you are, I, I see it as like um, how you say, um, maybe. Mm, I, I just had a picture of, you know, you are, have a, like a bubble around you, which is just mm -hmm. healthy. Like it's, um, mm, it's the bubble is round and there, there's, there are no holes in it. Too. You can yep. just bounce through the world. Nothing will happen to you and you're happy and <laughs> you are, sure. you know, and you might even attract it to people who have the same because you have sure. a, such a positive energy. You are full of energy. Yep. You, although things might happen to you, which are not so nice, but you can see it from a good point of view and, you are really, uh, you feel as a very complete and happy person. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you are attracted to situations which are more like that. Yeah. But if you are already at a point where you, you have a lot of energy 
loss, you know, where mm -hmm. there are a lot of traumas and you have already, like with your teeth, a lot of cavities, you know, filled with stuff that is not yours then you might more attracted to get more cavities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going to places where it even makes it worse, <laughs> eating more sugar. And definitely I was at that place when when I felt so bad. And that shamanic approach really helped me to get rid of all the stuff that was not mm. mine, to bring back parts that I, I lost over time that were still there that just needed to, you know, brought back, yep. integrated into my energy system. And I absolutely can feel the difference now that I feel way more myself, I'm way happier, I'm more authentic, I can be more present in the moment. And because of that, I can very well feel if something is out of whack yeah. much sooner and also see, you know, it's like if I'm in an area where I, I shouldn't be because it's it's not nice, you know, right. like places which are haunted and you don't want to go there. Well, I mean that 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 goes to that's that idea of uh, minding your environment, yeah. minding the yeah, people yeah, yeah. that you associate with, yeah. and you know we kind of get those stories from our parents when we're really young, like you know don't hang out with them. They're bad. When I when I was younger, I mean the Catholicism was pretty ridiculous where I grew mm. up, and so I mean I had to uh, old people like just flat out call some of my friends and myself included sometimes like just evil, mm. and they wouldn't allow their children near us because they said mm. we were possessed, demonic. Evil. Hmm. The, the specific. Well, no, there was only one lady specifically that ever really accused yeah. me of it, but she was nuts, just full off her, off her meds. But um, projection, maybe too. Yeah, no. In that case, it was really, it was definitely a projection. I definitely think. Yeah. And um, but I've seen that with uh, with with other people, uh, people where um, their parents they believe that they're possessed and mm -hmm. uh, won't let them in the house or uh, yeah. um, husband-wife fighting. And I, I've seen a, I, like a lot of that mm -hmm. way back when, you know, friends of mine, um, Irish and so on and so forth, they have pretty extreme Catholic views. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to play with because obviously when I'm talking, from my experience there, I'm talking about the Catholic side of things. Yeah, yeah. And well, so I don't think that these people were very much in touch with anything. Um, but that's the way that they looked at the world. They, they actually acknowledged the fact that there are possessions, there are demons, mm -hmm. and that they can lock mm -hmm. onto you and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And as far as the, the bubble idea is concerned, um, I've heard stories from some people who can see them. And mm. it's interesting to me because... Mm -hmm. uh, there is a correlation, you know, um, with color, right? What we might call aura and so on and so forth. The health, uh, the, yeah. the way that I've, I've heard from some people that um, when you're fucked on drugs or um, yeah. alcohol, that um, your aura begins to spike, like mm -hmm. actual mm -hmm. spikes on it and, 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 and holes, like it tends to shrivel. And I, these are more yeah. long people who are like prolonged alcoholics yeah. and and as their aura becomes darker and and spikier and more uh full of holes anything can get in yeah it's it's um the, the, yeah absolutely it's, it's just right? getting worse and worse and i also heard that some from someone who said you know also working shamanically she said she met someone who um smoked pot so so many times that and she felt like that plant actually took over <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I can imagine. You know, if if well, if, it's interesting to me because the the, yeah. the idea of pot and and tobacco alike, I think both have very deep spiritual um, essences. Yeah, but it can be a very they have been so thing. destroyed with chemical mm. and large farming mm -hmm. and big industry mm -hmm. that I I definitely think that a lot of it today has taken on a new form. 
right? Almost yeah. like there there is a very healthy version of, yeah. of marijuana and yeah, tobacco. Yeah. But um, I think that a lot of the stuff that we now know as tobacco and marijuana mm. could itself have a type of possession built into it. And so um, yeah. I've, I've heard of people who actually perform extractions on the drugs, that, like the tobacco and the yeah. uh, marijuana, specifically on a ceremony point. Like uh, some people will actually um, do some to use tobacco instead of uh, sage to clear out their house, but they have to do an extraction on the tobacco leaves themselves first. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. very interesting it's, to it's, see. It's interesting. And I heard yeah. that too, like you should actually prefer stuff that is from your environment uh, instead That's, of, you know, right. having sage yeah. from South America because yeah. then there are also energies to it that you, you know, they don't, might just not, mm -hmm. not, uh, and it all sounds maybe a little weird, but I think if you see it like that, you know, if you go out, um, there, there are a lot of things that can happen to you. But yeah. if you are very aware of your environment, you know, you see the fox coming or not, like, mm -hmm. not the wolf coming or whatever wants to kill you. If you're on the street, if you know the rules about, you know, when to cross the street, look right and left, then the chances are pretty low that something will happen to you because yeah. you're aware of your environment. And it's the same with these kind of energies. When you're aware of your environment, you're aware of yourself. You are less likely to be approached or yeah. affected by these things and you can uh, very live a happy life <laughs> you know balanced out it's all about the the energies and balance and that's what i like with that workshop where we learn how to bring back these balances and yeah. it was there was nothing scary about it i really enjoyed the process we were kind of so no, there wasn't a a single point like where you felt that uh it was negative because I mean, mm. look. Before you started mm -hmm. doing the shamanic stuff, you did join a couple groups. Yeah, yeah, and you true. had negative experiences. Absolutely, with them. It's, that's why I think I'm still with the shamanic foundation because I never, had never, negative, never had a negative. You want to uh, talk about the negative reactions you've had in other places? Yeah, why? Sure, I can. Like, I I joined a kind of a woman's circle, you mm -hmm. know, like <laughs> where we met every once in a while. But I felt that the woman was leading it had. Also, a, a, a very weird energy to her. Right. She she was very much into the spiritual work, but then you looked at her. I would say, you know, like the physical mm -hmm. world, and she she was not really grounded. Like she had no proper job. Everything she started kind of always fall apart. Yeah. She was not happy with her life, uh, depending on on the social system, all that, and she was so not obsessed, but like so into the spiritual stuff that I think mm -hmm. she kind of also attracted energies to her that uh, kind of were feeding off yeah. this this thing. So she did some rituals, which I felt like, I don't really know if I want to do that. <laughs> um, using, you know, tar tarot cards, which are also have uh, kind of a weird touch to them. At least yeah. I, I don't I don't want to work with them. I don't feel happy with them. Um, and so there were a couple of situations where I was sitting in that circle and really felt like, I don't know, this is not right here for me. Uh, there were no, not really a lot of security precautions, <laughs> you know, right. like um, grounding yourself and, and it was, it was weird. And, and when I talked about you, you know, talked to you about some things that we did, and you said, I don't know, it sounds a little bit like black magic. <laughs> well, this is a, a funny thing. You know, a couple of years ago, I bought Madeline for her birthday a bunch of uh, books on black magic, uh, some old French ones from like uh, the, yeah. the 15th century and stuff like that. And um, the reason why I wanted her to see this is because I wanted her to see the similarities between the black magic rituals mm -hmm. and um, the rituals that she's doing. I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people, when they look at mysticism, 
they believe that they can just stick to the good side of the mysticism and they'll nothing will ever harm them. The problem is, is that if you don't understand the yeah, bad yeah, side, yeah, yeah. you can't even anticipate the things that'll happen to you. Well, I wouldn't say, as you said, a bad side. I think it's, just, well, if it's you the same spectrum. Yeah, That's it's my the point. same spectrum. But if you repeat right? things that, you know, rituals that might come out of something where the intentions were different oh, or yeah, not the way I, you wanted, then you, you are still engaging in this kind of energy. And with the shamanic foundation, with them, I feel mm -hmm. these are scientific approaches on a level where I can totally relate. We work a lot with um, spirits from nature, yep. with plants where you can feel they were helpful, they are compassionate. And you can see how, I don't know, the, the healing process really mm -hmm. brings things into balance. It feels very, it feels very coherent for me. And yeah. that's why I feel very safe. And the people performing these classes, they have a stable social business life. So they have life besides being yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a shamanic practitioner. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not their source of money or anything. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah. And and they're grounded people, they're, you know, um nice people, like everyday people sure. where I feel safe and you know, it's like, oh, okay, they're not like guru something. Yeah. Well uh, going back to for example, uh, yeah. your negative experience with the women's group. The issue that I had with it, well, two things is that over here there tends to be this big culture of uh I would say yuppie it's a weird word to what put out that? there a yuppie <laughs> is kind of like uh, the boomer generation it's a it's mm. it's like um uh, back in the days you had the hippies mm -hmm. and the people who weren't the hippies they were the yuppies okay. you know what i mean they were the, the the people who followed all the rules and 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 did things the way that they should be and okay. believed in the system and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and um the yuppies grew up and uh, they're the ones who are really for the most mm -hmm. part guiding society the mm -hmm. way that it, in the direction it's going you know and a lot of the baby boomers are very entitled people mm -hmm. you know it's like this is mine mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the, the 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 negative thing about the baby boomer generation the baby boomer generation tends to be the people born uh between you know it's the post world war 2 so between mm -hmm. 55 and uh 70 mm -hmm. people born around then tend to fall into that category mm -hmm. that well actually no even earlier i would say but it doesn't matter. The point that I'm really getting at is that um, the types of people who today I'm starting to see are following more the what, what you, maybe you could call the yoga. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's become such a big fashion, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that yeah. yoga and spirituality yeah. and going green and veganism and all this <laughs> stuff and homosexuality, it all fits into this nice picture mm -hmm. of how people want to be seen today and it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. in order to participate yeah, yeah. in the society and be seen as this uh, modern day yuppie um it, it's about saying that you eat organic and it's about saying that you participate in saving the planet you know mm. it's 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 a it's a big scope that i'm looking at but what i'm talking about really is that um the types of people who gravitate towards mm -hmm. maybe what we call shamanic stuff are people who may, what I've seen over and over again over here anyway, people who never really were a part of the church or they were at a young age and left mm -hmm. it. And for this reason, they're looking for an alternative. They're not mm -hmm. looking to find themselves. Mm -hmm. They Like yeah, I know people yeah, I who know find Buddhism and yeah. shove it down your throat the way that horrible Catholics do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, they act like going to their Buddhist temple on Sunday instead of church is like, it has to be done ritually and on time. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, general, just the, the whole ritual and, you know, like the, and what I also didn't well, like was that. What's like oh, the big sorry. part I'm getting at is yeah. that these types of people, uh, the, the people who aren't looking for enlightenment or aren't looking for an actual spiritual connection, instead they're looking for mm. a fashion to, uh, to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, they often tend to be people that when they follow shamanic studies, mm. um, they tend to try and put rules and and good and evil into it the yeah. same way that yeah, Catholicism yeah. taught them in the past, the same way that they were taught in their society that you're yeah. good or bad. And if you're good, you get rewarded. And if you're bad, you get punished. Mm. And so I saw a lot of different offshoots, specifically over here in Europe, mm-hmm. of um, even paganistic uh, studies, you know, mm-hmm. that borrow, in my opinion, way too much from Abrahamic religions, mm. including the mindset as to how people should practice it and should not practice it in the form of good and evil. And uh, I, I saw a lot of that in that Wubbing's group that you were with, in, mm. in the sense that the way that they wrote it down, a lot of the stuff they were doing was cath- it was it was um, um, Abrahamic mysticism. It mm-hmm. wasn't pagan and it wasn't Norse. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's what I saw immediately. And when I saw that, I said, you got to be careful because these people, they're telling you to open yourself up before you go into a ritual and let everything in. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they were doing. That was the first thing where I was like, you really got to be careful around these people, you mm-hmm. know, like, because they're coming in with all their heavy baggage mm-hmm. and then you're opening yourself yeah. up and then you're performing a ritual to yeah, try yeah, and yeah. let things in. But you guys are under the impression the only things that you're going to let in would be good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely understand it much better. I yeah. agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, back then, that's, you know, different now with the Shamanic Foundation. Yeah. Like, we know now what, it's, there's something called like um, um, a, f- a fusion, mm-hmm. uh, melting. Is that in, you, in what in what in what sense? When you when you are fused with another with a with an entity, but sure. it's it's on you know you're doing it willingly. You're doing it for a specific time period. But that sounds more like a, a um, what do you call a in biology when two things uh, compens- uh, um they they help one another when they fuse together. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a more symbiotic. It's yeah. not a possession. You know, a possession yeah. would be something does it without your permission. Mm-hmm. And without you knowing, and uh, you don't know which what that is, and mm-hmm. that is exactly if you open up yourself to to these kind of things, then this can happen. You don't know what's going on, you know. Yeah. You feel a little weird, but that's the first thing that you learn with the Shamanic Foundation. There are some spirits that are compassionate, that mm-hmm. want to help you, and that it's okay yeah. with them to melt, and it really gives you power and energy. And you, then you, in that melt or kind of fusion. Uh, situation, you can work with them and, yep. and bring things back into balance. For example, if you pre- um, perform an extraction, you don't do it with your own energy because that would just yeah. wear you out, but you do it with um, spirits that can really help you. Well, and, and uh, this is something that's interesting is that I've, I've heard both. Is I've heard from the Catholic side that they invoke the spirit and energy of Michael and Gabriel mm-hmm. in order to perform an exorcism. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Same, same. same and shit, I've, I've heard <laughs> also, you know, um, in, in Norse mythology is mm-hmm. that uh, you want to try and invoke, for example, um, Thor or Odin to try and help guide yeah, uh, and, yeah. and, and and even remove some of this bullshit from your life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, same thing in Native Indian cultures. A lot, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of them yeah. that do that, but I've also heard it on the other way. And this is an interesting way because this is actually more along now the satanic line where the satanic line is trying to self-empower yourself uh, by taking energy from other places in order mm-hmm. to be able to combat it physically, personally. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I'll definitely say that of all the Satanists that I followed uh, what they've done in their career, they don't live long and they typically die in um, <laughs> a very turmoiled state. Mm-hmm. They, I think that they eventually always let some bullshit in that they can't get out. Yeah, yeah. 
I think there's so much. Which goes much. to show me that their their yeah. techniques of of, <laughs> uh, of of trying to uh, you know yeah just overtake everything instead of actually uh, like you mentioned with using a form of symbiotic symbiotic uh, connection. Um, well, again, it doesn't help them in the long run. Again, and you have to know you know what you're doing. You have mm-hmm. to know who you're working with, where they come from. You can trust them, what kind of energy they have, what are the conditions working. Mm-hmm. And this is something you learn step by step by step. And therefore, it's not something, you know, like, oh, I, I had a shamanic workshop at the weekend. Now I call myself a shaman. <laughs> I wouldn't even after four, five, six, I don't know how many years I'm performing it right now. I don't, wouldn't, I would never call myself a shaman because for that, you really have to have a, the cultural environment for it. You know, if you go yep. to South Africa, shaman is someone who has been announced as a shaman by its uh, community. Because right. the people can see, uh, can see the the wonder you do, you know the the they can see that you are doing the work that you have yeah. the permission and you have the ability. It, it's an appointed uh, yeah. You, they entitle you that yeah. like that because they can see you are so able to not, do it. It's not self entitled. It's not self entitled. But yeah. what I call myself and it's also recommended by the Shamanic Foundation is the shamanic practitioner because what was you the, pra- it you was practice. wasn't it it was the Dogons where their shaman um, is not allowed to be touched by anyone ever. Yeah, and if anybody yeah. touches them, they have to kill them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a bit of the that's the funny part of it. Extreme, <laughs> but but the point is, is that they they it's so important to them yeah. that he stays clean and yeah. pure yeah. to yeah. be able to guide them, and he doesn't live with the village. He lives yeah. in isolation outside of the village. And it makes sense, like even for yeah. me now. In, in, sorry, in Norse, that's how it was too. Yeah. Like in Northern culture, the 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 Northern shamans were often. Um, a part of the tribe, but they didn't live in the village. Yeah, and absolutely makes sense. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, like even for myself, the more I'm, I'm, I'm familiarizing myself with all that. I, the more I have that urge to spend a lot of time by myself, a lot right. of time in nature, to just you know contemplate on the things that I learned, and just really ground myself. And because every contact with someone, you know, has always a challenge that you have to balance yourself. You really have yep. to ground yourself. And I, for myself, I feel like I need a lot of time for grounding because I'm very perceptive. You know, I see a lot of things and, and I can I can feel a lot. And during the day, I can see that my level... <laughs> it, goes, it goes down and it down. It goes down yeah, yeah. in order for me to work um, as, or have these shamanic practices. And if someone comes to me and say, you know, like, can you help me in that level? And can you do a shamanic journey? I need to be grounded i need yeah. to be i have have to have all my senses because shamanic journeying have um it, it, you have to have a purpose and right. uh, not a purpose uh, a focus mm-hmm. because otherwise you you get lost yourself in in on the way so you have this this responsibility for yourself to really um make sure that you're grounded that mm-hmm. you're stable balanced Otherwise, you're not able to work. That's funny. Um, For me, uh, a way that you've seen me doing now um, for the last month is in the morning, I try to do like within the first half an hour of waking up. Yeah. And I've been inviting Madeline to do it with me as much as possible as um, uh, deep breathing uh, and breath hold exercises. And um, the way it works is extreme breathing um, for, uh, you know, 30, 40 repetitions and Mm -hmm. then uh, on the exhale, holding my breath for as long as I can. And um, on a good day, like it's funny to me, being able to hold, to oxidate your body and just lay there and yeah. not breathe, yeah. it is something that if you don't clear your mind, mm-hmm. it won't work for well for yeah. you, you know? Yeah. So to have like, um, like right now I'd say that my, my on my good sessions, 
I'll hold my breath on the exhale for closer to four minutes. Mm -hmm. On the shitty sessions, it'll be more around two for me now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's 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 a funny thing to see how I can definitely see the state of mind that I'm in. And if I'm not calm and I'm not grounded, I it's just I can't make yeah. it to four minutes. Yeah, yeah, it won't absolutely. work for me. Yeah. And so it's about being able to turn it all off, which I find yeah. I see a direct correlation. You know, for me, whenever I I, I do my um, breath hold exercises mm -hmm. early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so much easier yeah. because I don't have the baggage of the day and the issues and yeah. the, the phone calls. And the and the time in the morning when it doesn't work well for me is when mm -hmm. I have a day ahead of me that's packed and I just can't let go mm -hmm. that, it, that that I, I'm not going to be enjoying myself as much as I want to throughout the day. And it's yeah. all a mental block and trying and but the the breathing exercises have been fantastic for me to be able to ground myself to start the day. And I find that yeah. by the end yeah. of the day, if I've started my day off with these breathing exercises, that um, my day is like I'm just all that much more formidable through it. You know mm -hmm. that it, it's just I'm more relaxed. I, mm -hmm. I'm not blowing up. I find that uh, even um, exercising that my um, um, my recovery time between exercises, like uh, mm -hmm. muscle soreness and all that stuff, is cut down ex extremely. Uh, you know by by uh, by quite a bit. Yeah. So it, but anyway, everybody has their own way of, mm. of, of finding um, how they ground themselves. It's like a recharge as well. Yeah, you know, you this really... has been something that I found yeah. works really well for me. And how I see it is basically you are connecting with nature. Um, you know, for me, it's it's like sitting in the forest and indulging green. Uh, the color mm -hmm. green is gra grounding for me. It's healing. Okay. And I can really feel that when I'm ever around a green forest, specifically now in the springtime, it's yeah, like yeah. charging my batteries. <laughs> It's and true. It's also yeah. when you do the breathing exercise, I think what you're doing is you breathe in life energy. Yeah. And that is when you breathe in that that life energy, also a way to kind of extract because you're pushing out mm. these entities that are within you that are don't like, you yeah. know, that you can really I'm trying to remember. I think I, yeah. I think it was in the uh, Hovamol uh in the Poetic Eddas where Odin said that um Earth is um, like you mentioned, it, Earth is how we recharge, right? Yeah, like, yeah. In order, in, in order to, I have to find that 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 statement now because it was actually it's it's a very nice one, but it talks yeah. very much about how the important that um, that the Earth itself is the place yeah. for us to go back to and yeah. that we come from and that we can reconnect to and recharge. Yeah. And so it, it it makes a big deal about the healing power of Earth yeah. in. The Hovamol. Yeah. And there's so many ways for you, you know, to, to protect yourself, to ground yourself, mm -hmm. just find whatever works with you. Like I like um, burning incense, burning plants, dried plants, mm -hmm. and just the smell of it brings me really, you know, makes me happy and I feel relaxed and I feel connected to that specific okay. plant. So just try out whatever it is. Or if you have a stone in your pocket, there are like some cold protection stones, you know, mm -hmm. the black ones, which just absorb. So th these are preventative methods. These are preventative. Well, well, so let's get to the meat of extraction. Yeah. Um, what is an extraction from your point of view through the shamanic studies that you've learned up until now? Well, an extraction is that you are finding energies in the body of the client which don't belong there. Or They're, yourself. Or Well, usually you don't pers uh, perform extraction on yourself. It's okay. a little... It's a little yeah no it, it makes sense awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes... well I did it I already did it once uh, it works but usually I think it, it's much easier if you do it 
sure. for someone else. Yeah. So you you know someone is laying down or whatever. And you first you find these energies. You you just screen over and you see if there's something that doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because some people do it by you know like you can feel hot cold with their hands. Mm-hmm. I like to close my eyes and to just really scan the body mm-hmm. and I can see. Things it, it's 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 also interesting that for many people these energies um, present themselves as sharp objects, mm-hmm. metal objects, as little you know crawling creatures, black okay. crawling spiders, and and sorry barks and then all that right. um, kind of sticky blubber something. Okay. So just these kind of Im- images, and he says it's interesting that people see it the same way mm-hmm. or really sharp objects. And so you scan first the body and then you, you know, you are merging with a merging. That was the mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was looking for. You merge with a plant. Oh, instead spirit. of fuse, what you were talking about. Yeah, before. that was okay. the fuse. It's a called merging. You you merge with a plant spirit that you are very familiar with. Some, you know, one of your allies that you mm-hmm. used to work with. Like what, What's the German word that you guys use? Uh, Verschmelzung. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So merge, fuse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when you feel that this plant and entity or that plant energy spirit is is merged mm-hmm. with you, you feel that power, and then the plant is actually guiding you. It will help you to get yeah. these energies out. You, you you can really you work with your hands. You like you know um, you use a rattle or you sing. Singing helps to to get these so energies. Chanting. Yeah. yeah, it's really like it was funny when I when I when I did it myself and also watched the other people doing it. You feel when that this plant takes over, and this the plant is does the healing. Mm. And it knows exactly what to do, and so you go over with your hands. You know, one I, I had a I saw it once like a, a sword, so I kind of put that sword out. It's all how you, I don't know how to explain it, but you I can see it with my you know subconscious somehow. Yeah. And then you have to get rid of it, so you. You you give it to Mother Nature, like you when you know there's a river in a certain direction of the mm-hmm. um, room, you kind of throw it every you know you throw it in that direction. You okay. say take it and yeah. put it, and you imagine that how it goes into a river. But what about what about protection? That, that's the next step. So once you got the extraction, you feel like okay, I have everything now. Then you have all these holes, and then no, but don't you need to protect yourself first before you even start? Yeah, that's a good thing. The first thing is you have to. Um, yeah, you have to create an environment where you feel protected. So you build up power. That's the first. We're thing. talking about the practitioner, not the patient. Well, the patient just comes to you. You know, yeah, he says, "I feel a little weird." <laughs> well, obviously, they have to feel secure in that area too. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you, as um, you as a shamanic practitioner, your responsibility is that you create a room uh, and space that is um, safe, and you do it by you start off by building up power. So no, no, no pentagrams out of salt. <laughs> Some people well, may. <laughs> what I what I do and what the general thing is, you you start drumming. You build up power. So drumming you build power. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel that the energy is rising. You know, drumming really right. makes the it just like the bo- the word uh, the the room starts to vibrate yeah. like in a very good way. Yeah. And then um the next thing is you call in your compassionate spirits, the ones that you know mm-hmm. you can work with. So you, you invite them into the room, you call the different uh, the four different uh, was that north, south, east, yep. west, and mother yeah, yeah. nature, uh, mother earth? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. father sky. It's funny in in, uh, in uh, Norse mythology you have the four Norns, and they sit at the foot of the yeah um, Yggdrasil tree. Yes, um, uh, at a fountain. Uh, yeah, they yeah. weave the fate of man, and their names are north, south, east, and west. Yeah. 
So you ask them to, you know, mm-hmm. just just secure the room. What I also like to do is when um, I use uh, incense to clean the room and mm-hmm. draw a circle around me for protection. And then you start and you are self-protecting through um, the whole uh, extraction because you are merged with that plant mm-hmm. and the plant energy protects you from everything around because mm-hmm. you invite, uh, you work with plants and these plants just as if you would, you know, I, I, I picture myself when you take plant medicine. Mm-hmm. So you what, can feel what, the the healing the healing. What about the, uh, the 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 masculine feminine energies? Uh, like for example, mm-hmm. in um, in Norse mythology, once more the Norns are all feminine energies. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that like I mean, is there anything like that in the shamanic? I think that the shamanic mm-hmm. uh, approaches for, through the Harner foundations. Yeah. I don't know if they go too much into the masculine and feminine energies. Uh, Not of- really. I mean, what always the point is that when whenever you start with the shamanic work, you start. Um, getting to know your allies. The first thing is you start getting to know your spirit animal mm-hmm. that could be a male or female, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And also your uh, um, teachers that could be a male or female. And over time, you get to know these these uh, spirits well because you're working with them. You know, mm-hmm. you merge with them, you can feel their energies and some feel more feminine, some feel more masculine. Yep. Whatever it is in that specific moment you need. And also with the spirit animal, the idea is that you have one spirit animal that is there from your birth. Mm-hmm. It's always there with you. And it is some some an animal that energy helps you to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the energy or the, um, you know, if you are a person who should lead, then you have a, also a spirit animal at your side will give you that strength and mm-hmm. will show you the path to this. Right. Um, or, or just, just really, it's a very beautiful connection that you have with that animal, and that animal will always be at your side. It will, mm-hmm. you know, guard you when you yeah, have. That's funny. So Odin journey. has um, technically five, but the two, the 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 the, yeah. f- the four ones that we hear of the most yeah. is uh, you have well, Sleipnir is his horse, but yes. Sleipnir was given to him. Yeah. And then you have um, uh, his two ravens. Yeah. Um, uh, Hugen and Mugen, yeah. and then you have his, his two wolf. wolves, yeah. uh, Gary and Freki. Yeah. And um, so, the, so the, for him, like it's always been this idea of uh, like obviously they all have different meanings mm-hmm. and what they mean. Like Gary and Freki, I think is like greed and uh, famine or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And um, the 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 birds are knowledge, and um, I can't remember the other one right now. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that you could even see that in um, the the gods of the northern world that they themselves had spiritual animals that they yeah. attached themselves to quite often. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And this is, uh, again, the first thing that you will encounter when mm-hmm. you start um, looking into shamanic practices that you will you will meet your spirit animal. And over time, mm-hmm. You sometimes you have you have one or maybe even two spirit animals that are always there, mm-hmm. and then you have some that are only you know there for specific periods of your life that will support you. I always wondered, you know, when Christ went into mm-hmm. the desert, it was Satan that came uh, th- that came to him. So maybe Satan was his spirit animal. <laughs> I've, I've, it's just, it's a thought I've always had in my life because uh, yeah. Christ never really talks about about the spirit animal side. Not that I've seen in the Bible. Mm. If that's something mm-hmm. I'd missed, I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he tends to, uh, like I said, he's confronted by this one spirit over and over again yeah. uh, throughout his journeys. Yeah, and you never know how they present themselves. You know, with spirit animals, it's pretty, you know, it's an animal. So it's a shape, the form of an animal. Right. But with your teacher, it could be something that looks more human. Mm. It could be something that is like just a kind of an energy shape something mm. to it. 
or a cloud or, yeah. <laughs> you know, anything that with me, it's usually um, something I know from my childhood from stories, like uh, stories I liked, you know, from Alice in Wonderland. There yeah. was one of these, uh, the cats, for example, or the, the just, just, just things that I, I, I feel very connected to because something I liked as a child, uh, as a child. Yeah. And I think that's usually the case with many um, people that their allies present themselves in a way that they really can connect and they like mm -hmm. them. And yeah. Yeah. So since, since I started, I now can say I already have a lot of spiritual allies <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's, it's, um, it's a wonderful world. It really makes my life, you know, fuller because it's for me, they're not only there for me to, to work with me and mm -hmm. help me, you know, but they're like friends so it's something um, you felt that you can't unfeel and you know that no, there's a reality there that, yes, that's definitely more than absolutely. just fiction and imagination. Absolutely. And the more yeah. you 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 are going into it, you know, the more you learn and practice yourself, the the, the more real it becomes. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very skeptical person, specifically with the logical part. In the beginning, I was doubting most of it, what I experienced. Yeah. You know, I thought... Institutionalized uh, education <laughs> until she's 35. I mean, that's... Uh, Even I, on, a, on a conference when I was... Actually, on a, I think about it. It was really right after the PhD studies and you had like one or two years where you were yeah. just crashing after all the intense schooling. Yeah. And then you started writing your own book and this is about the time that you really started getting into this stuff. It kind of all came yeah. came together, and I was on a conference on the, from the shamanic, um, you know, um, foundation talking about this stuff as a scientist. Sorry, how a, did you how did you hear yeah. about them? The shamanic foundation. Yeah. Do you even remember? Because no. I, I just <laughs> I know that you've always done these. No, I don't um, remember anymore. Uh, Madeline's addicted to. Uh, um, uh, self-help. It's one of these things she's... It, 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 I just it, like to improve myself it's and not get just to that. know it's, myself. It's, it's not just about that. I just think that like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. With, with, with Madeline, it's funny. She she often tends to... Um, whenever she feels like she doesn't know what to do with her life, the first thing she'll do is find a course for something, <laughs> right? Whether it be drawing or yeah, playing piano, I know, I know. something. It's not, It's great. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's great, but... Yeah. I think that there's a, there's a but that I have to throw in there. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the but that I'll put in inject is... Um, is that I think that it's important to not always run to an external source of input mm. when you feel like you're lacking. Uh, because yeah, to, to yeah, try and find your own power and yeah. energy before yeah, you right. start going somewhere else asking for uh, something new because then it becomes more of a consumerism. Yeah. And that's the only issue that I have with people who tend, tend to do too much of it. So I, I, I poke fun I at Maddie sometimes for it because she yeah. uh, definitely, when I met her, she was addicted to going to all of these different courses. Mm -hmm. Like every weekend was something new. And I think that honestly, the Shamanic Foundation was an offshoot of one of the courses of, or one of the people that you had met through one of these courses, whether yeah. it be through yoga or yeah, or. Yeah. Other, right? I really don't remember anymore, but they I got really stuck to them because of mm. the scientific approach. And I was on a conference uh, last year and I talked about, you know, science and uh, biology, nature and spiritual aspects to it, the shamanism. Mm. And then after that, <laughs> uh, one of these people who already worked in the shamanic foundation for many years asked myself, you know, when when you started doubting yourself <laughs> about mm -hmm. what you experienced? And I guess, I, and I said, you know, I'm still doubting myself sometimes right. because what I experience in these in my shamanic work is sometimes so crazy and so yeah. out of, you know, everything that I ever thought it's possible. And then I open up myself to it and I think, why not? And I can see yeah. that these things, I'm not imagining myself, but they're there through um, 
um, how do you say that, logical, uh, they, they kind of come together. Mm -hmm. Just Maybe just as one example, with my, my cat, I really have a very close connection, I think, and also communicating. Which one? You're seven. <laughs> no, I'm seven. Well, no, the, the, we, the, we got two and the they just adults, uh, they the gave birth adults. to five. Um, yeah. Fiona just gave birth to her kittens and I felt something is wrong with her. She she was sad somehow and I, I felt mm -hmm. something is, is not right. And I could also see with the kittens, um, they, they will stagnate. Uh, They'll stop growing. They stop growing. And so I thought like, oh, what's the problem here? And so I, I kind of talked to her and and she said she was really sad because the first place she was before she was at our place, mm. they got rid of her because, you know, she was annoying and then they had not a time enough time for her. And right. she also had the first litter with these people and that just reminded herself. And she said she she was so sad that she stopped eating enough in order to not produce a lot of milk mm. so that the sadness doesn't go into the milk for her kittens. <laughs> and I said, okay, Fiona, what can we do here? And... I helped her on a shamanic approach, of course, with her permission. You only work with permission. Yeah. And so I felt the sadness with her and we kind of, you know, changed the environment for her and the situation so that she can ha feel happy at the end. And once we were done in the real world, she, my cat went to and started eating again. The milk was coming again. And the mm -hmm. next day, the kittens, you know, started, started uh, increasing in weight again. And I thought like, well, you can call that a coincidence <laughs> or you can just really see the connection to it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, th these things happen to me over and over and over again. Specifically, I'm working, you know, I have a call like a, a, a shamanic travel body. So we kind of travel for each other. If mm -hmm. someone has a question, then, you know, we call each other, say, you know, can I have a look at it. Right. And usually I don't know a lot about the situation and I tell her what I found out and she said, oh, yeah, makes absolutely sense. And that happens all the time. So yeah. that is not from a from a from a um, um, scientific point of view. If you would, if I would do statistics on it, I would absolutely find. <laughs> yeah, it's it's way over ninety five percent. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, what, do you, what do you call that? The p value. The p value. The p value right. is p -value uh, would absolutely lower than uh, yeah. 0.05. And although I still have doubts sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, I I know more and more and more feel that I can trust my. Um, whatever I feel, whatever I... Yeah. Well, it's interesting. When Madeline started this stuff, um, specifically with the animals, she would do these shamanic journeys to try and figure out what they need or what's wrong with them and all that. And she would say stuff where I would just flat out say, no, I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. I feel completely different. I think that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I was right very often at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But more and more as it happened, um, we start, like I started realizing that the way that she's talking to them and the decisions that she's been able to um, make and assess have been more and more correct. So I can see with time that, that you know, you, that Madeline has now developed a... Uh, um, uh, more of a, a, a an extra sense mm -hmm. um, for being able to detect what they need, what they're up to, what's going on, um, even when they're coming home, you know, like yeah. things like that. So it's it's gotten to the point now where her intuition has skyrocketed because of the experience. And you know what? In order to get there, she had to fail a bunch of times too. And I think yeah, that's where absolutely. in the beginning, yeah. um, it becomes a little bit disheartening for some people who, mm. you know, when you fail 20 times in a row, it's like... It's with everything like that. Right? You know, you you are growing with your Well, you're experience. building a new muscle, yeah, really. You've got to practice it and you got to use it. And that's something everyone can do. It's not something, you know, you have mm. to have a specific talent for that. Maybe, you know, for some people, it's easier to open up for it. But eventually, we all have that intuition. We 
all have that ability. Mm. It's just a question of how open you are and how how much you want to reuse it and rediscover yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. So do we want to take a question? Sure. Let's take a question. <laughs> all right. So we have here from Felminator today. Hello, Felminator. Uh, Maddie, have you heard or read the book called The Four Agreements and or The Fifth Agreement? Yeah. Uh, she says that uh, those are my favorite self-help books I think you'd love. I think I heard about it, to be honest. I don't know who who is the author <laughs> because I think The Four Agreements, maybe it's, it's, it was a different title in, in, in German. Yeah, uh, it actually does ring a bell for me, man. Um, it, it was funny. Like, I mean, as far as uh, entertaining mm. books that I've read in the past, that I would like, because I don't do a lot of the self-help stuff. Instead, I, I, I'm just you someone. just help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I find inspiration. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I very rarely uh, um, join a group because I, I yeah, think that for me, sorry, the, mm -hmm. I just want to put this to an end. Is that um, being being like forced into groups when I was younger. Uh, I've, I've, it's kind of left a sour taste in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, totally. And so for me, it's like I, I can take inspiration from groups, mm. but I, I've, I'm very reluctant now to try and really want to join one. Right? Yeah. So uh, the author is Don Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz. Mm, I think I heard of from him. Well, I'll look into it. Um, I just want to add to your yours what you said, uh, and now I lost my <laughs> my thought. With. I think you know. Also, the answers are always within you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you are a, a person who knows that, and you can easily find them just by you know sitting still, going to, with your meditation or your breathing exercise, and you mm. can feel these answers. And with me, I think from how I grew up, I I was I was never in. Um, and um, not engaged, but how do you say? Like my parents never really wanted me to be self-sustainable, um, or mm -hmm. they never really um, pushed me to make my own decisions and and be okay mm -hmm. with them. So yeah. I, your, your, your I scholastic learned, environment didn't help either. Yeah. Right? What I learned was always you have to go somewhere else to ask for help because you don't know what to yeah. do. And so more and more. Everything I learn in these classes and books is something that I already knew. Yeah. It's something that I already deep down knew before I went there. It was just like a confirmation that I needed. That I was like, oh, okay, now they're also telling me this. Then I can mm -hmm. just go and go for it instead of right from the beginning trusting. Yeah. It's funny, you know, I, I think that um, as we, we opened up the show with talking about how um, when we're born, we tend to uh, be very whole, mm -hmm. right? Um to a degree, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and 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 that you know, you mentioned the idea of through life, through pain and suffering, we tend to um, certain parts of us go out of phase yeah, or we yeah. lose touch and so yeah. on and so forth. And I, it, it, this also goes to that idea that I've heard many times that children tend to be incredibly intuitive. And I think that 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 a lot of that has to do with the fact that even on a on a physiological level, that children don't start to experience beta and alpha waves until later mm -hmm. on in life. So they're kind mm -hmm. of like in this mode of of perpetual recording information mm -hmm. uh, throughout their their adolescent you know time and um you can definitely see what happens to a person i mean i've seen it many times in my life who shuts off mm. very early yeah. the ability to become self-sustainable yeah, yeah, and, yeah and some people are just born like that i've seen p some people like you know what, what we typically call the middle child you know how <laughs> the middle child tends to be very jealous the middle mm -hmm. child tends to uh, mm -hmm. feel like they've been neglected and mm -hmm. all that stuff and and the idea is is that um some people handle it one of two ways they go out and become self-sustainable others mm -hmm. they just fall into this hole 
and and try their entire life to to, to score attention from someone else, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and so for me, I would definitely say through my life, I never really lost that mm. will to want to be self-sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people who who have lost it for many years and and begin to reclaim it uh, maybe in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or whenever. And this is a, an incredibly difficult, I think this is kind of like that pursuit to happiness, as they call it, yeah. right? Uh, the, that, that, that will to really want to improve your life, to yeah. pursue that so that you can actually um, exist in a, in, 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 a, yeah. in a, in a, in a state where you, where you feel a connection yeah. to reality and the universe. Right. So yeah, for, for you, I definitely can see that with you. Um, when I met you, you were just kind of like maybe for the first time in your life, really looking at mm. the, the, even the, the idea of being self-sustainable on, on a, on a, mm. not just financial mm -hmm. level and, and a materialistic level, but on a, on a, spiritual and ideological yeah. uh, level as well, right? Yeah. Maybe to kind of, you know, do the full circle now mm -hmm. in order to bring it a little to a sure to an end is when I, as I said, when I started also, you know, that episode today, how I felt so horrible <laughs> back then. Now, I think I had to come to that point to be curious again, not about life in general, but also about myself. What did I say instead of middle child syndrome? Didn't I say middle child syndrome? Yeah, you said, I would say you said that, right? I don't know. We'll find out. I, so she's Middle saying, child. it's the saying, uh, maybe I said something mm. else. I thought he said it anyways. Uh, is that, you know, I'm also now very curious about who am I? Who am I as a person who got rid of all the, you know, energies that don't belong here? Mm. How, how, how am, how would I live my life then if I'm back to kind of, you know, in my balance, how would that feel like? Yeah. And that's why I think I'm, I'm so driven by, you know, these classes and the shamanic work because step by step by step, I can feel coming back these, um, my, my energy, my true mm -hmm. energy. And I can really feel how my bubble is, is getting completed again. And yeah. it feels amazing. And it's something that you can't take back from me anymore because I think once you, you you felt that difference between how does it feel like if you are yourself and how does it feel like if you have these holes and yeah. you know other things taking over living a life that you actually don't want yeah. to live um this is so much motivation for me to keep going and it's getting easier and easier because you come into your energy you attract things that are really um should mm -hmm. be in your life you attract people you like um a job that you might love more you know there's financially everything comes together once you start looking at the things that don't belong to you and you can yep. slowly get get rid of them. And it's nothing that you have to be afraid of. It's like, oh, no, I know I have all these things within <laughs> me, you know, all the little black critter and <laughs> the sharp objects are in me. Um, if you start your journey, once every, you know, whatever is the next step will present itself. And then step by step by step, yep. you can make your experiences and um, you can you can enjoy it the whole yeah. way. It's not about, oh, once, you know, I can only be happy once I reach that point of completely balanced and completely wholeness. No. It's not about that. It's about the process. I'll, I'll tell you where it. I've actually struggled in the past yeah. is um, by getting enthralled, like energized to do a specific thing. And and then I do it. And mm. then that leads to another, which leads to another. And mm -hmm. then I feel so... Um, um, I would say like that my intuitive muscle has worked for me, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, I feel very empowered yeah. that it's all working. But then what happens is, is that I find that it's, and it's very human is we tend to sit in one of these places too long. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then we have too much to do because too much is still coming at us. And then we start to become drained. And I think mm -hmm. that this is something that I've struggled with is, you know, and this is kind of like maybe a, every couple of years, there's yeah. this wave I that, so, that yeah. I, I experience where, um, you know, creativity is opening up a new door. Mm. I follow it. Mm -hmm. uh, I pursue it into new avenues mm -hmm. and yeah. so on and so forth. But then it's like, I, I think that the society that we live in today is not very forgiving when you just want to say, yeah, I'm going to stop now for a couple mm. months. No, it's not. And I'm just going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to retreat and regather myself and my yeah. energy yeah, yeah. and then go back out again. And I, th I found that to always be a very difficult thing. This is why for mm -hmm. me, I find it to be very important that when I feel like doing something intensely, mm -hmm. I do it. Mm -hmm. And when I want to stop, I can. Yeah. And so yeah. now I find True. myself at a part in my life where I, uh, I've definitely pulled back. I yeah. stopped. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm in a, <clears throat> a state of recuperation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm even right now, I'm not quite sure yet how to go forward with the next step um, without, without needing to recuperate mm. immediately thereafter. Mm -hmm. So I, I, this is why now I'm, I'm focusing more on other things completely different. I find that if I have to do a day or two of computer work, because I still have a lot of open contracts that I'm mm -hmm. dealing with uh, from the last um, gig that I was uh, uh, involved with, and um, I just find like sometimes, you know, uh, I get a, I have to, I go back in onto a site that I had begun a, long, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I spend two days in front of the computer, you know, mm -hmm. working on it. And I feel as soon, after those two days, I feel like I need a week off already. I feel <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's just, it's, you know, I, I just don't have the ability anymore to do uh, technological computer work and to yeah. be able to protect myself. And yeah. this merit, this to me lends that merit or that, that idea merit that um, computers can be very demonic, that they are almost a gateway for allowing yeah. shit entities into ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if not, they're there, then I find often cases to lower you mm. so that shit yeah. comes in. Yeah, and yeah. this is why I find, at least for me now, I like to really learn to moderate how I use technology in my life, which yeah. is one of the biggest reasons why we named this program Smart Home Stupid People, yeah, yeah. is that the more we begin to rely on mm. these technologies, the 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 less, the least we, or the, the worse off we become yeah. and, and don't have the ability to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And uh, also, sorry. Yeah, mm. yeah well, it, it just to me, the, the big part that I wanted to just focus on right there is that um, by not being able to take care of ourselves, it's like this form of addiction. It's not just losing the ability mm. to go back. It's it's more recognizing, like you were mentioning in the beginning, you know, mm. why is, is, is this happening? Is the technology the problem? Because mm. that's something I still struggle with to really identify. Is the technology the problem or yeah. is it the fact that we as a society and as people no longer want to look at things uh, in, yeah. in, in a fashion that that uh, that we can talk about it on a, on an energetic or spiritual level right yeah i think it's 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 both ways as you said you know like it, it's kind of maybe lowers yourself and then there's so many things you can distract yourself from um, your feelings your emotions when you look you know you watch videos or you mm. play games on a computer and you just boom beam yourself out to a different place you're not aware of what's going on right here in the moment around you and right. this is i think this is where always the trouble starts <laughs> if you're not aware of what's happening to you right now because right. you are somewhere else you are 
thinking about stuff, you are worrying about stuff, um, mm -hmm. you're not within your body, you don't feel present. This is always where these things can happen, where something can, can come in yeah. without you noticing. But the good news is that whenever you come back to your, <laughs> you know, to your awareness and you feel like you're a little off, just go out in nature, you know, ground yourself. I would say like easy things that might come every day that might cling to us, you know, you mm -hmm. can get rid of them by just being in nature, having your, your barefoot on the, on the ground because you're, you're grounding yourself and mm -hmm. these entities, they don't like this stuff. You know, you, you're, you know, you're strengthening yourself. I, I used to really, I still do actually. I really like the idea that the old Germanic sciences uh, often talked about um, ether. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't up until uh, pretty much Einstein, you know, where for some for some reason out of nowhere, Einstein declared that time is that um, light is a constant and there's no more mm. ether, mm -hmm. and like it's 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 like to me, I always found that to be very peculiar because up until Einstein, etheric science was huge. Like I mean, mm -hmm. it, it had a lot to do with spirituality, mm -hmm. alchemy, um, uh, culture, religion, and all that stuff. It, mm -hmm. it, it was it was a part of that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and so the idea is that these connections that we feel, the way that we charge ourselves energetically, protect ourselves, and so on and so forth. I'm more of the opinion that when you start looking into alchemical and etheric sciences, you start to see immediately. Mm. You know, like a good example is Tesla. He was an etheric scientist mm -hmm. and Einstein was not. And mm. Tesla did not like Einstein. He said that Einstein, uh, his his entire worldview and the way that he looks at science is very destructive mm -hmm. and um, not holistic. And it's funny because Einstein's favorite book was uh, the same favorite book as Hitler. It was... Um, uh, H.P. Blavatsky's Isis Unveiled. Mm. And Einstein said to his dying day that he was looking into theosophy for the answers that he was looking for in, mm. in science. And then that a lot of the science, because obviously the first two big papers that he published um, that, were, that he's known for were written by his wife with him, uh, who then um she you know they broke up yeah, right yeah, and then yeah. he married his cousin and 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 all that right but the point is is that um at the end of his career i found that uh you know he's a classic example for me of a guy who achieved something mm. whether it had been through deceit or mm -hmm. other and then at the end of his life, he wasn't able to produce and he only was able to rely on mm. this image that he put forth as mm -hmm. himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like Oppenheimer wanted nothing to do with him and uh, and um, uh, Von Braun and all that stuff. They also wanted to have nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just really interesting to say, I, I, I didn't want to go on an Einstein tirade. I say this, Einstein I think bothers me more than most people because I don't like the guy to begin with. <laughs> Maybe and we, we live him. where we live right now. <laughs> we live in the place in Germany where around the corner, 10 mm -hmm. minutes away by car, um, is where Einstein had his summer house. Mm -hmm. And yep. there's a there's a school there, like a kindergarten. Everything is named after and, him. And it's all named <laughs> after him. And mm -hmm. like the guy was a, a fucking, um, he was a pedophile uh, uh, um a sexual deviant, you know, like, leave it up, you know, and nobody just moves to Berlin in the 1920s, you know what I mean? <laughs> not unless they're okay. looking for something that's uh, not uh, bought on the sh on the open shelf in the open market. Anyway, it doesn't All matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just bring I'm that not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I know I can see I'm going on a tangent, but I wanted to really yeah. talk more about the, um, the etheric stuff is that um, the, the, the idea of ether, have you guys covered that at all in the shamanic world? Like mm. what? What the relationship between ether and um, perhaps uh, spiritual realm and uh, channels could be? Mm, no, I don't think so. So, for those of you guys out there, like um, 
the idea of ether is that we know of the world of chemistry. You know, uh, everything that we study today in, in, in Western medicine, science, and so on and so forth is based on chemistry, um, the periodic table of the elements. And then below chemistry, you have um, uh, the subatomic particles, right? Mm -hmm. Which we know of as physics. And it's interesting because the more you go into physics, you start to see that physics can't ignore ether very easily. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that, that space-time itself creates life and is alive, right? That it itself is not just like a vacuum of nothing, right? It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But in the idea of chemistry, it, it kind of does, right? Um, the way that energy can just come out of nowhere and go and leave out of nowhere. Mm. You know, that's something that you start to see more in modern day physics. But when you talk about ether, science itself, they talk about energy from the void, energy from the ether. And this is something you see in a lot of um, mythologies, like uh, um, the idea of uh, Ganungagap in mm -hmm. uh, Norse mythology, how all this energy irradiates mm -hmm. out of nothing, right? This big void between nothing, yeah, yeah. right? And and the idea is, is that this is where we come from and this is what we reconnect to. Mm. And so the idea to me of ether had always been more of a, a spiritual connection to science and to reality because you can see that we're made of nothing. The more you look into uh, chemistry and the more you look into physics, you start to see that we are made of nothing. Mm. And the more you start to realize that nothing is everything and everything is nothing, yeah, yeah. that comes into that whole we are one. And, you know, this is where you start really, you can't help but get into a lot of that spiritual stuff. Um, that there's uh, So Tesla, as I mentioned, being one of the bigger, I would say, names for eth etheric science. Did you ever hear the story about his mother dying? No. So um, Tesla was um, technically ethnically Serb, but uh, in he ex he grew up in what's today modern day Croatia, um, and uh, when his mother died, he knew. So he was sleeping. He, he he had horrible nightmares and dreams and all that stuff, and um, she had passed. And he just woke up one day and said, "My mom has just recently died." I got to go. And without receiving a telegram or anything like that, he just got up, got on a ship and, and went to modern day Croatia mm. and um, went to visit his dying mother. Mm. And he yeah. says over and over again that this, it, it's not magic. It's like, this is real connection. This yeah. is energy and this yeah, is life absolutely. and this is how it works. So anyway, I, uh, I went off on that. I want to talk about yeah. ether a little bit because I find yeah, it to yeah. be incredibly fascinating when we talk about um where is this connection coming from? Yeah. Where is the energy going? Where is it? Where? Where? How is it coming into our yeah. reality? Right. Yeah. And with that in mind, uh, as again, you know, maybe to to bring it as a full circle well, back. <laughs> one last thing I want to say is mm -hmm. that I I, f I say this because I find that the modern day science, which today typically stems from Einstein, mm -hmm. to me, I've always felt it's almost purposely there to set you off track. Yeah. Yeah. That that yeah. you can't find. Um, this type of spiritual connection if this science explains your world. Yeah. Right? And yeah, I find yeah, that it's yeah. very difficult for a lot of people like you who have a, mm. a very intense scientific background and, and education mm -hmm. um, to say to your colleagues, this is real. Yeah. Right? And why yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah. It's because they've been indoctrinated into this idea of, yeah. you know, strict institutionalized um, chemistry. Yeah. 
right? If you really, you know, open yourself up for that possibility, there is something out there like ether and that everything is connected through energies. Mm -hmm. Then everything that, you know, we talked about today or just in general, everything I learned from the Shamanic Foundation makes absolutely sense. There's nothing about it that you would ever, you know, scratch your head about it because it just makes totally sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for me, all of a sudden, that was just the the easiest explanation for everything that happened in my life, everything yeah. that I experienced in my life, still do, still will probably. And why wouldn't? And this is this is very uh, scientific. Go for the most logical and most simplest explanation. Yeah. And this is it. So. Yeah. Easy. Easy. And that, that that isn't that the basic Occam's razor. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So why would I look for something that you know? It's, it's not fitting to what I'm experiencing in my life, although everyone says this is the truth, but it's not mm -hmm. my truth. It doesn't work with my experience. Right. <laughs> and it, so it, it's it's not working. Yeah. Well, that's so, a yeah. really good way of looking at it. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. uh, you know, experiencing something in order to test, to see like in a laboratory, is, yeah. this, is yeah. this a fact or not? And that's how I see every day in my life, you know, mm -hmm. to really observe myself being a behavioral biologist, using myself as a, you know, study rate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to see what's happening to me, how do I feel feel, what I'm experiencing, and then finding explanations for it. And so far, the shamanic approach is the best for me. It yeah. explains everything. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I would leave it to that if you're okay with it. Yeah, sure. I wanted to, before we do anything, just to oh, tell yeah, people that, that uh, we sure. are live videocast on Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, and DLive. Yeah. On Twitch and DLive, we are known as Smart Home Slow People. Telegram, the channel is called Smart Home Stupid People. And through the Smart Home Stupid People Telegram channel, you will see Smart Home Stupid Chat. Mm -hmm. uh, with Smart Home Stupid Chat, you could chat to us between and during shows, mm -hmm. ask questions and suggest themes for the upcoming yeah. events and shows that we do typically on Sundays, 6 p.m. Central European time, which yeah. is around noon uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, audio form, we are live on Podbean. So for all of you guys in the audio world, hello to you. And uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, we then use Podbean as an aggregator to upload this episode and every mm -hmm. episode that we have done up until now, which is, uh, I don't remember how many we had in the first season. I, I think don't know. We had quite a bit. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to calculate know. them. Uh, but uh, this is the something. 13th episode of the second season right now. And uh, we're going to keep going with it. <clears throat> so uh, for all of you guys out there, I hope you enjoy the show. You can find us on every audio podcast platform out there for the most part. Mm. Uh, we don't have a website or anything like that, so we're still pretty exclusive. And Rockfin is pretty much our home base. That means yep. that all of the archives and video format will be on Rockfin. Yep. We don't go to YouTube because we don't like the way that YouTube... I, I just don't think YouTube is a great platform anymore, not for this kind of yeah, I stuff. Feel, I, I just don't feel like I need to invite that demon into my realm. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good easily, point. <laughs> easily said. Yeah, for that, with these words, I also wish you guys a beautiful rest weekend and also... Maybe as an inspiration of that episode, you know, to look a little closer, whom you're with, what's around you, mm -hmm. how do you feel, you know, and maybe spend a little bit more time in nature to protect yourself from stuff that you don't want to have. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Very well All right. Done. All right. Bye bye. Until next time, we'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye bye.